0: Lord, we thank you so much for this day and this time to come before you. And even though it's a little chilly here, God, you warm our hearts, Lord, with your presence and your Holy Spirit. And that's what we ask today, God, that you would touch us and warm us spiritually, God. Move upon us. Have a word for us. May we be listening and attentive to your word and what you want to say. And God, Lord, as we come before you, we are eager for that, Lord, because we love you, we want to be with you, and we want to live for you. So, Lord, just touch us this morning through your word. Transform us, God. Give us hope and faith in you. And, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to just anoint this time, to touch, it. touch us, Lord, and fill us now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. They remember the time when a little girl heard the story of Snow White for the first time. When she got to the place where the prince kissed Snow White and awakened her from her sleep, the little girl said to her mother, Mommy, do you know what happened next? Well, the mom said, I do know they lived happily ever after. Oh, no, said the little girl. They got married. Well, many single people think that if only I could get married, I would live happily ever after. But we all know marriage is not a bed of roses, right? There's thorns in that bed too. it Ow, ow, you know, kind of thing. But you know what? You can have happiness even being single. You can have purpose even being a single person when you dedicate your all to living for Jesus. Well, as we return here to the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul encourages singles now that you have an advantage actually over the married in how you can dedicate your all to the Lord. So singles can find happiness. They can find purpose when you maintain your devotion to the Lord. And that's the title of our message this morning. Maintain your devotion maintain your devotion we're going to be studying first corinthians chapter 7 picking it up on verse 25 last time we we left off on verse 24 so we're going to go from verse 25 all the way through the end of the chapter verse 40 first corinthians 7 25 through 40 maintain your devotion now i outlined this morning is this number one maintain your devotion by remaining single Number two, by regarding the Lord's work. And number three, by relying on the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, as we've been going through this chapter, 1 Corinthians 7 is all about singleness and marriage. And as we go through this verse by verse... We, we've come now today to the last message of our four-part series. And if you missed any of this, grab the CD later. We've seen maintain your purity. We've seen maintain your honor. We've seen last time maintain your walk. And now today, maintain your devotion. So let's begin here. Number one, by remaining single. That's our heading. Number one, by remaining single. Let's begin here 1 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 25 with me. It reads, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. Worthy, All right, we begin here with Paul saying now concerning vir- virgins. So he uses the word now, which means he's continuing on from his talk. And his talk, as I mentioned, is about singleness and marriage in this chapter. Paul in this chapter encouraged, you remember, the singles to stay pure by abstaining from sexual sin. He also, he also encouraged the married to stay pure by With, in God's design, right, by being married and fulfilling God's design. And then Paul encouraged the married to honor that design of God, to stay married and not get divorced. And then also Paul encouraged the believer who's married to an unbeliever to stay in that marriage and not get a divorce, unless the unbeliever wants to get. A divorce and depart. Then last time we saw Paul encourage those in whatever marital state they're in, whether single or married, married to believer or a, a or an unbeliever, widowed or divorced, whether whatever state they're in, to not seek to make a change, but to stay where God has sovereignly placed you for now and walk in obedience and submission to the Lord and be that light. So, remember we covered all those things. So, now we come here to verse 25 and Paul finishes up really this whole talk, this whole section. And he says, Now... He brings an encouraging word concerning virgins. Now, the word virgin here is basically, you know what? It's the biblical word for singles. Remember, sex was created by God for marriage. And if a person ever had sex, being a virgin, they are an unmarried person. Now, take note. Later, Paul's going to mention those who are widowed and single. So this applies to those that situation too, those singles as well. And let me add this, this also applies to those who are divorced, forgiven, and single now. These believers who are still trying to honor the Lord and how they live before God. So, whether you've never been married or you're widowed or you're divorced and single, you know what? This word, this message, what God is saying today is for you. Matter of fact, that's what Paul is saying, right? He goes on to say here in verse 25, I have no commandment from the Lord. In other words, he shares no commandment that Jesus actually taught the disciples. There's nothing like like right there that Jesus had said, say, back in Matthew 19 at all. But he has this judgment. The word there could say wisdom. He has this wisdom, and that's what God has entrusted Paul to give. Paul is here giving God's word, and as we see it written here in the Bible, it's the word to us today. So Paul here is basically, he has this word for virgins or singles here, and this is really the focus today. You know, I read a statistic that showed the numbers of single people have grown in the United States. Listen to this. In 1950, 22%... Of the U.S. were single. But then in 1976. It grew to 37.4% of the U.S. were single. Back in I think it was 2012 or 14. It rose even up to 50%. And now in 2016. The 2016 census. Said that 63.5% people in the U.S. are single. That's amazing. I mean in this age we live in for the first time. There's more singles than married Now, the article went on to say the increase in these percentages really reflects on not just those who never marry, but a change in our society where there's more divorced and single now. And it also included those people who are living together, which we know it's not right in God's eyes, where they consider themselves still single. Now, see, if you're here today and you're single, know this, you're not alone. I just want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you're not being singled out here. Excuse the pun. (laughs) But you're, you're not. This message, what Paul is saying in the rest of this chapter, is not to embarrass you, but to encourage you in your life with the Lord. Listen to what Elizabeth Elliot once said about singleness. She said, it's not a problem, it's a gift. And that's exactly what, exactly what we learned right earlier in First Corinthians seven. All right, so Paul goes on here, verse twenty six, and he says. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. So Paul goes on here, and when he says, I suppose, he's saying, well, let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what, what, what God is showing me here. It's good, or we can say it's better for a person to remain single that a man will remain as he is and in context he's talking about being single here and why is that well he says in the middle verse 26 because of the present distress that word there in the original language in the greek means like calamity it means like crisis and you know what he's talking about at the time in the in the ancient age at the time when he wrote this letter he's talking about persecution and trouble that was coming upon the christians at that time time. So, Paul is like saying, hey, it's, it's better, it's a better thing to do to stay single. Now, history tells us how Caesar Nero, right, began to ter- torture and murder believers. It's told how he would feed a, a Christian to the wild dogs and they rip them apart. In a few years, actually, after Paul actually wrote this letter, Nero would really increase his persecution upon Christians he'd start grabbing them all and they say that he would grab them Grab Christians, dip them in tar, set them up on the pole, and light them on fire as a human lamp for his garden at night. That's how crazy this began. And we've heard stories how the Roman Empire, Caesar Nero, was so vicious upon Christians. So Paul's saying, hey, you know what the better thing here? The better thing to do now is, you know what, just stay, remain single. I mean, since since the, the persecution is being ramped up, you know, on believers and Christians. And, you know, being t- Tied to a family, being married, it sort of complicates things if you're married. So that's the idea and what he's saying here. I mean, Paul is single here. Remember, we learned that in our studies. And, but, but can you imagine if he was married, right? Can you imagine? You know, we know Paul's life from the book of Acts. I mean, a typical day at the office for, for Paul is preaching to some angry mob, right? Wanting to get at him. Typical day, oh, he's being stoned. Matter of fact, he was stoned like to, to literally to death one time. Or, or the times he was flogged and whipped and thrown in jail. Just think how his wife would feel, right? She'd be a mess, right? With all that Paul was going through. I mean, she'd be wondering every day, is Paul coming home for dinner? What time is he coming home? She would be a mess. mess. Plus, you know what? It would probably be really hard to go on trips for fear of shipwreck, right? Because Paul was getting shipwrecked like that. So Paul was saying, hey, you know, it's probably better you remain single because of what's going on right now. Now, just so there's no misunderstanding, Paul continues and he says in verse 27, Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. So in all of this as he's talking about, he, he says, another, you know what, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that everybody should be single. That since I'm saying it's better in that way that, oh, right away, you know, what? become single, get divorced. So he says, are you married? You know what? Do not seek to be divorced. Are you bound or bound by God's law to a wife, you know, to, to stay with her forever? You know what? Don't, don't seek to be loose. Don't seek divorce. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you. Hey, it's better to be single. So, hey, go get a divorce. And he says, are you loose from a wife? I mean, have you been divorced from a wife and forgiven now and you're single? You know what? Don't go seek out a wife either. So he's saying, Like the last section we saw, you know, in our last message, don't seek to change your marital status to single after what I said here. You remember in verse 24, if you look up there, Paul said, brethren, let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. Whatever state you're in, married, single, widowed, single, whatever that is, divorced, single, you know what? Don't don't change a thing. So don't don't get me wrong here if you're married. Don't go like get divorce. Verse twenty eight But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she is not Sin. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. So Paul says, and and don't get me wrong about this too. Even if you are single and say you're planning to marry and you do get married, even though this isn't the best time, if a single person marries, if, if, if a virgin marries, hey, it's okay. You haven't sinned. I'm not bringing this commandment down. It's not like Jesus said, hey, you better stay single. No, it's none of that what's going on. I'm not being legalistic here in what I am saying. But then he says this, right? In verse 28 at the end. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. He's saying, nevertheless, understand this. You know what? Marriage is not easy anyway. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, in spite of the persecution and the trouble that's going on, marriage is not easy. Nevertheless, understand this. You know what? I'm saying it's better to be single to spare you from the trouble in the flesh. The word there, the flesh, really means like life or we would say married life here on earth. So Paul's like, it's not just the persecution, but marriage itself can be difficult at Times. I mean, yeah, marriage is that fairy tale story and we fall in love. and We love it. And there's nothing wrong with it. But marriage itself can be difficult. Someone wrote, many girls marry men just like their fathers. Which may explain why many mothers cry at weddings. I like that one. (laughs) So here's Paul's point. He's saying it's not wrong to be married, but it's better to be single for there's less complications to deal with. Paul is saying, hey, it's not wrong to be married, but it's better to be single for there are less complications to deal with. You know, I came across this list and listen up, guys. It's a list on what not to buy your wife so coming up with christmas you better listen up okay i thought it was very wise here so what not to buy your life number one don't buy clothing that involves sizes the chances are one in seven thousand that you will get her size right and your wife will be offended the other six thousand nine hundred ninety nine times Good tip there, right? Number two, avoid anything that involves housework. The new vacuum advertising to save her hundreds of hours of time is not going to go very well, right? I mean, here's a new vacuum. Do work, do do more work for me. Uh, How about you? You know, kind of thing, right? Number three, don't buy her jewelry. The jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. (laughs) And the jewelry you can't afford... She doesn't want. <laughs> I like that one. Lastly on this list is don't spend too much. For if you do, you will hear, how can we afford that? But don't spend too little. Because she, she won't say anything. But she'll be thinking, is that all I'm really worth? <laughs> well, Paul's saying there's nothing wrong being married. But it's better to be single for there are less complications to deal with so here's the thing if you're single here this morning don't feel you're less than a person because you're remaining single because god has called you to that that this is this is what it is for you right now you know don't feel you're you're less than a person be encouraged paul is saying actually you have an advantage you know it's better for you right now and listen this isn't a word of God. So don't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm no one. I'm nothing because I'm not Mary. Well, let's move on here now. Number two, by regarding the Lord's work. We've seen by remaining single, uh, we can maintain our devotion. Number two is by regarding the Lord's work verse 29 first corinthians 7 paul says but this i say brethren the time is short so that from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none verse 30 those who weep as though they did not weep those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice those who buy as though they did not possess verse 31 and those who use this world as not misusing it for the form of the world is passing away now, in this next section here, in this, this next set of verses, Paul begins to say, hey, you guys, listen now. Brethren, Christian guys, Christian girls, everyone, the time is short. You know what he's referring to? He's referring to that, hey, Jesus is coming back really soon. And so we need to be mindful of that so we would live as if Jesus is coming back today, right now. And, and you know, if you think about that, that makes us live better doesn't it more in tune with god god wouldn't want want me to do we're gonna live for you we're gonna obey you we're gonna you know put away things for ourselves, but we're gonna put it all for you so so paul saying time is short jesus coming back soon and so he starts out and he says you know those who are married hey from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none Well, does that mean, oh, and I can get a divorce. Hey, look, I can get out of this thing. No, that's not what he means. He means to not put your marriage ahead of the Lord's work and your calling and what he wants you to do as Jesus is coming back so soon. John MacArthur said the responsibilities of marriage are no excuse for slacking the Lord's work. That is to invert the priority so god is always first the lord is always first and to do what he wants especially with the lord's coming soon we got to be at that and not get off focus here and paul continues to say this hey since jesus is coming back weep you know those who weep as those who Uh, as though they did not weep. In other words, don't let sorrow stop you from living for God and serving the Lord since Jesus is coming back soon. And then he says those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. That means don't let like the good times in life distract you from serving God. And then he, he says those who buy as though though they did not possess. Since Jesus is coming back soon, don't let those earthly possessions distract you from serving the Lord. And then... He says this, and those who use the world is not misusing it for the form of this world is passing away. Now that's a little hard to understand, but here in verse 31, Paul is adding this and the ESV translation says it better. Listen out what it, how it renders it. It says, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it for the present form of this world is passing away. So this last thing, the idea is, is Paul saying, Jesus is coming back. So you know what? Don't invest everything that you do in what is temporary. The, all the world and its things. is going to pass away run, one day, especially when we go home in the rapture. And when Jesus comes back and he changes everything. But you know what? Don't invest in everything. Don't put everything in here. But serving the Lord is what really matters. So Paul's point in these set of verses is this. Since Jesus is coming soon, don't get preoccupied and off focus. Since Jesus is coming soon, don't get preoccupied occupied and off focus. Paul wrote in Romans 13, 11, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. It's the same idea. Paul wants the Corinthian believers here, whom he's writing to, to remember that this world is not everything. And even our marriage or our relationships, our marital state, whether we're married or single, that shouldn't be the number one thing on your mind. You know, if you're single, it shouldn't be the number one thing on your mind. Like, oh, I got to get married. Oh, I got I to gotta do something about it. Yeah? No, Paul's saying our focus, especially in light of Christ's coming, should be on The kingdom of God. David Gusick wrote, The things of this world must not get in the way of, I like how he put this, following hard after Jesus. I love that. I want to follow hard for Jesus. Yeah, I want to do everything I can to live for him, to know him, get closer to him. I, I I want to follow hard after Jesus. I love that. Well, have you been preoccupied lately? Are things of this world kind of getting to you and you've gone off track maybe? I think it's time today to reset your heart, to think about what's important. You know, put down that smartphone, yeah? You know how distracting that is every day, right? Turn off the TV, grab your Bible and get back to loving God and spending time with them more than anything or anyone in this world. Jesus is our first love. Jesus is to be first. And that's what Paul is saying. Hey, since Jesus is coming back soon, don't get preoccupied and off focus. Whether you're married, whether whether you're single, whatever's going on in your life, keep Jesus first. He goes on here now in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. He says, but I want you to know, I I want you, you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, verse 33. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Now, Paul moves on here into verse 32 and 33. He's, he's applying what he just talked about. Don't be preoccupied. Keep your focus. Yeah? And he really hones in on the single person. And he starts with the single man. He says, hey, the single man is without care. I want you to be without care. In other words, or free from the concerns of married life. He says, He who is unmarried, a single one, cares for the things of the Lord. In other words, he, he has concerns for God and the Lord and, 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 and his, his things and not so much the things of being married. How he may please the Lord, he says. And then, but, verse 33, he who is married now cares about the things of the world. The, 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 the married uh, man now has to be concerned with his earthly responsibilities, how he may please his wife, that is, taking care of his wife. So the unmarried man can put all their concern on the things of the Lord, doing his work which pleases the Lord. But the married person must, and rightly so, also put... His attention on taking care of his wife. So you see what he's saying. The single guy, whoa, they're a little more free to be concerned, fully, totally concerned for what the Lord wants with the married person. And rightly so, has a wife also to take care of. I was listening to and reading how one pastor was sharing how his wife had taken a trip to go see the grandbabies. And you know what he said? He said, well, I was I was able to get a lot of work done in those three days that she was gone. I mean, he got work on his study, take care of church stuff. And he got so much work done without the wife around. And he even added, you know what? I didn't have to shave. I didn't have to brush teeth or even bathe. I thought <laughs> that was interesting. He said, though, don't get me wrong. After a few days, I started to miss her and wanted her home. My focus isn't worth Her absence, he said. But when she's gone, he said, it reminds me just how much a married man cares for the things of the world. Well, Paul moves on here in verse 34. The same goes on with the single woman. Verse 34 There's a difference between a wife and a virgin. Or a single woman. The unmarried woman cares or has concern for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. Now when he says that holy, remember the word means set apart, right? So she can separate herself. She can set herself apart both in body and spirit to be devoted to the Lord's things, the Lord's work. But, verse 34 says, but she who is married cares about the things of the world. What's that? Her earthly responsibilities with her husband, how she may please or take care of her husband. So in the same way, like with the husband, the single woman can be fully focused on the Lord's work and, and, and as opposed to the married Wife. D. Lowry said, the single state has potentially fewer encumbrances and distractions than the married state. So it more easily facilitates a spirit of, and I like this, undivided devotion to the Lord. So you see what Paul's laying out here. If you're single, whether a man or a woman, you know what? You can have this undivided uh, devotion to the Lord. Again, it's not wrong to be married. It's not wrong to love your wife or your husband. But as a single, it's like, whole. yeah, fully there. We all need to have God first. And that's our priority, our first love. But a single person doesn't have like that second love or relationship like a married person has. Verse 35. Paul then says, and this I say for your profit. Now, probably a better word there would be for your benefit. Not that I put a leash on you. He's saying, not that I'm restraining you here or coming down with some legal command at all. But. For what is proper, and probably a better word translation there is for what is better, what's a better choice. And that you may, look here at the end of verse 35, that you may what? Serve the Lord without distraction. So he brings all of this down to what he's really getting at, the Lord's work. How a single person can serve the Lord. He's he's saying, you know, I'm saying all this, you single guys, for your benefit. I'm not being legalistic, trying to put some restraint, you know, that you got to be single or you got to be married. None of that. I'm just presenting what's the better choice here. In other words, it's not about right or wrong when we talk about being married or single. It's about good and better that it's better to be single. For a single person can serve the Lord without any distractions. You you can be so much more focused and free. The ESV actually puts the end of verse 35, to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord, just like our quote. So here's this point. Paul says, a single person has the advantage to better be able to give their undivided devotion to the Lord's work. That's the point. That's what he brings us down to. A single person has that advantage to be better, be able to give their undivided devotion to the Lord's work. You know, if you think about this, and, and the, some of the great saints in church history have been single. St. Francis of Assisi, Thomas Aquinas, uh, Thomas Akempa, C.S. Lewis, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they've all been single people. There's missionaries, some of my heroes, Helen Roosevelt, uh, Mary Slessor, Amy Carmichael, they were single. Gladys Award, She went to China, spent seven years single and happy. But there's a funny little story. Um, uh, She was there for seven years, and then this English couple came to help out, and she saw them together being married. And it says she, she then prayed that God would send her a man to China and have him propose to her. Well... Then she realized that it wasn't to be. And this is what she said. I believe God answers prayer. He called him, but he never came. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Listen, if you're single today, don't think that you're unusable. Don't think that you're not qualified. You know what Paul is saying? But even more so you're qualified because you're single. Because you can give your undivided devotion to the Lord's work. You have an advantage, you know, over the married people. He said, hey, don't, no worries here. Don't even think that. And if you're thinking that here today, take it out. Because God is telling you, hey, it's okay. Matter of fact, it's better you're single. And don't think you're unusable or not qualified. You're more so because you are Single, you have the freedom, right, to serve the Lord. You, you 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 can go anywhere you want. You don't have to. You know, ask your wife. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. You know, you don't have to confer together. Well, what are our schedule? What's the family? You can just go. Yeah, you can just go and serve the Lord. Show up, help. You know, come early, stay later. It's okay. You're more available to be used than the married person. Sometimes people in church say things that. Well, it can be for a single person secretly hurtful. You know, like, what? Oh, it's too bad you're not married yet. Yeah. Things like that. Or, what's a nice girl like you still being single? Yeah. I mean, we don't mean that. You know, we're just concerned, but some of those words can, can be hurtful. Hey, how come you're not dating? Let me find you a guy. No, stop. You know, kind of thing. You know. Whoa. And how about the, the, this thing? Why didn't you ever get married, you know? Well, what are you trying to say here, you know, kind of thing. It may be hard, but listen, don't feel like you're someone on the outside looking on the inside. Yeah, it's not that at all. God is saying a single person has advantage to better be able to give their undivided devotion to the Lord's work. You can serve the Lord even more and do more because you're single. Don't think that when Jesus says we have the abundant life that he meant it was the married life. No, no, not at all. I like something what B. Diamond said. and, And listen, for those of you who are single today, listen. B. Diamond wrote, with all my heart, I am seeking to embrace my singleness. Not as a consolation prize, but as a high calling. I love that you guys. And that's what Paul is putting forth here. Well, let's go, go on here. We've, to number three, by recognizing the Holy Spirit. Maintain your devotion now. Number one, by remaining single. Number two, by regarding the Lord's work. And number three, by re- recognizing the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 36 now. Paul writes, But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly toward his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth, and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes, he does not sin, let them marry. Okay, Paul here now moves on and he talks to fathers and their daughters. Now, I understand there's a modern interpretation for this. And that is that, well, uh, there's another view. And they say, well, I think Paul is talking about a man and his fiance." But I really believe the traditional approach of this is his father and daughter is what Paul is talking about. we're going to look at it that way. You can study it for yourselves. But certainly certainly we can take what we're going to see in this section that it can apply to someone and their fiance all right but let's look at it this way that paul is addressing the fathers and their daughters. So he says, But if any man that's a father thinks he's behaving improperly, that he's feel, feeling like he's behaving improperly, what Paul is saying, that he's, he's improperly uh, kind of treating his daughter by not allowing his daughter to be married. That's what he's saying. And uh, that he's not allowing, you know, his, his daughter has never been married, uh, uh, you know, this virgin to not really get married. And Paul says, if she is past the flower of youth. Now. Uh, first read, we think, oh, she must be pretty old, and the father been, you know, keeping the, the fence around her, not letting any guys come back, and she's pretty old. Well, actually, the, the, this phrase, past the flower of youth means, in other words, she's at marrying age, yeah? She's at the age where she can get married. She's past that kid kind of youth kind of thing, and now she's at that age that she can be married. And so Paul says, and thus it must be, I mean, let the father, let him do what he Wishes, in other words, do what he feels the Lord what he uh, what he feels the Lord wants here, and this he does not sin. Let the two marry. So he's saying, hey, if the father has his daughter and he's not allowing his daughter to be married and she's at that marrying age, then let the father let these two get married. It's okay. It's not a sin for the father to let the daughter marry. Now back then. In the ancient society, marriages were arranged by who? The father, right? so this is the context of what's going on so most likely what's going on here in the Corinthian church that some of these Jewish fathers and you know even Gentile this was the society and way they ran things even Gentile fathers there in the church being saved uh, coming out of this life of as we learned earlier of all this sexual sin going around in this city you know they're more careful with their daughters now they know what's out there they know what's going on after they got saved so probably most of them even and dedicated their whole family to Jesus and giving their daughters to, you know, they're going to serve the Lord. They're totally devoted to, to the service of the Lord. Yet some of them felt, well, maybe it's not the Lord for their daughter to stay single. So Paul saying, you know what? It's okay. It's not sin. Even though I've been talking about, hey, it's better to be single. It's okay. It's all right. You know what? Recognize what the Holy Spirit is saying. Follow what God wants with your daughter. Verse 37, though, he goes on and he says, Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has so determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. All right, this is a little difficult too the wording, but let's take it apart here. He says, Nevertheless, but... But, he who stands steadfast in his heart. In other words, if the father feels strongly in his heart that the daughter should stay single, and then having no necessity, or the idea is even if the daughter doesn't feel the necessity to be married, like she really wants to get married, right? But has power over his will, uh, in other words, uh, he is not forced by some, you know, uh, tradition or what society says. In other words, you know, he's he's not he's not being motivated by that or by any legalistic tendencies at all. That's not why he's thinking this, but has so determined in his heart that you know what this is what God is saying, the Holy Spirit is leading. Then you know what. It's okay to keep his virgin, to keep his single daughter. He does well. It's that better choice, as Paul been talking about, the advantage in being single. So Paul's like, hey, it's okay not to force your daughter to marry. You know, they did arrange marriages, right? So it's, not, it's okay to not force your daughter to marry if, if that's what's in your heart before the Lord. And if that's what your daughter wants, too. It's okay if that's what the Lord is leading you know, when I was young and and I learned this that oh, society back then in Bible times, you know, in that ancient culture, they arranged the marriages. I didn't like that. I thought, what? I, this is that? That's crazy. I, I I couldn't understand that. Right? I mean, I don't want my parents telling me who I should marry. Right? I mean, no, no way. But I tell you what. After becoming a parent, I fully understand now. <laughs> Especially with my daughter. Right? Yeah. Parents. Yeah. Oh, they 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 were smart, yeah, in that way. The ancients were smart. And I think we should change back, right, Jenea? (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I was like, Oh Prostitution. She she established an orphanage, and she became, as a single woman, a loving mother to thousands and thousands of kids. Her writings actually have now touched millions of people, even after her passing in 1951. And she was single, but 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 secretly, no one knew this uh, at the time. For over 40 years, she personally struggled with her singleness. When one of her children was, uh, quote unquote, one of the orphan kids was struggling with the same issue. You know what? She went off, spent time with the Lord to be alone with him and pray and seek him about it. She writes this. The devil kept on whispering. It's all right now. But what about afterwards? You are going to be very lonely. And he painted pictures of loneliness. I can see them still. But then Amy Carmichael wrote, and I turned to my God in a kind of desperation and said, Lord, what can I do? How can I go on to the end? Well, she writes, then the Lord said to me, none of them that trust in me shall be desolate. It's Psalm thirty-four twenty-two, And then she writes, that word has been with me ever since The Lord promised her that none of them that trust in me shall be desolate or be condemned or, 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 or be destroyed or be in this lonesome state. Because God is going to be with them. Are you single? Are you a widower? Are you? Don't be pressured to get remarried. Just seek God for what he wants you to do. And know that you can find happiness. You can be happy that you can find purpose even in your singleness with the Lord. Well, as we come to a close, are you single? Are you divorced, forgiven and single? Are you widowed and single? Are you single and waiting on God to bring someone to marry? Are you a teenager and single, hoping one day to be married? You know what Paul said? Hey, don't rush into changing that. Don't think that that's everything. It's okay. Matter of fact, It's better. You know what the thing to do is do all you can to follow God's will and keep your focus on him. Don't be distracted. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, but what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things shall be added to you. We live in a world with many distractions, don't we? And we live in a world and we live in this body and this human life where our emotions can get the best of us and we can get distracted. You know, I read this article that said 50% of teens feel they are addicted to their mobile devices. One of them said, leaving home without my phone almost feels like leaving the house naked. You ever done that? I I forgot my phone. I felt like, oh no, oh no. You know, you kind of panic, right? Isn't it interesting how devoted we are to these electronic devices we have here, right? We can't function almost without it. Now, think about this and I'll close with this. What if people treated their Bibles like they did their cell phones? What if people treated their Bibles like they did their cell phones? We would, you know what, carry them in our pockets, or purses, Yeah. We would turn back if we forgot them. Oh, where's my Bible? Oh, yeah. We would stop to look at it several times a day. We would read the text and we would respond to the text. And we would truly say, just like with our phones, we can't live without it. Well, isn't that the way we should be with the Lord? Isn't that the way we should be in our lives, devoted to Him? So whether you're married or single, we should stay connected and devoted to the Lord. But as we've been speaking about here this morning, especially for the singles, you have a greater advantage and opportunity to serve and live for God. But you know what? That opportunity, at the same time, it's an opportunity to drift to be distracted. So remember to not get off track in your singleness, but maintain your devotion. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you, Lord, and single or married, we all learn something here. We all have something to take home and apply to our lives. And God, we all want to live for you and serve you better. God, we all want to put you first, Lord. And we all want to Repent of our our wandering away from You. Of being distracted and off focus. Of putting other things in this world first before You. Of spending more time maybe on our phones and social media than in Your Word. In listening for Your voice, God. Lord, we come and bow ourselves down and we ask for Your forgiveness. But we do ask, Lord, that at the same time You would you would clear our, our hearts and minds of these things and help us to put priority on you and nothing else, Lord. And that you would be our number one. Whether, God, it's our, a person, our marriage, or our child. God, help us to make you number one and help us to be totally devoted to you. And Lord, I pray for the singles this morning, God, whether they're un- never been married, they want to get married whether they're they're young and they're not old enough to get married whether they've been divorced and they're single or whether they're widowed god i pray that you would be with them that you would give them security in you lord that they would understand these truths that they they are very special very important and are in a, even a better state than those who are married And I pray for them right now that You anoint them, give them a new vision, Lord, a new mission for You. And may they draw closer to You than ever before in their whole lives in understanding these things. And may You raise up an army of single people, God, both men and women, who serve You, who who are used by You in mighty ways, God. And that would shame anybody who's married. So Lord, we all come before you and we want to live the mission and we all come surrendering all desiring to do your will and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen.